Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Who knew what and when? That's the burning question in Washington right now. And Trump's legal team jumps to his defense, so why are they then debating each other? Plus, more money, more Republicans headed Roy Moore's way. This is the State of America tonight. I feel badly for General Flynn. Flynn lied and they destroyed his life. What he's demonstrating here is sheer contempt for the judicial process. This is a president who's trying to undermine the Federal Bureau of Investigation. You cannot convict the president of exercising his Article II authority. The RNC is actually going back to financially supporting Roy Moore. I do not know any of these women. These are people who are seeking revenge. I want the RNC to explain not only to Alabama voters, but to Republicans across the country. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America tonight. Mixed messages. I have spent the morning trying and trying and trying to think of a time when they are actually a good thing. My conclusion, they never are. Not in business, not in your love life, and certainly not in politics. And definitely not when you work for President Trump and you're asked questions by Congress about contacts with Russia. Stop me if you've heard this one before, because here it comes again. KT McFarland, former Deputy National Security Advisor to Trump, and now nominated to be the next ambassador to Singapore. Before all of that, she was a top Trump transition official after the election. And she was asked about any conversations she was aware of between the National Security Advisor, Michael Flynn, and the Russian ambassador. Her answer, I am not aware. Enter mixed messages. Her uh, testimony before a committee, as part of her confirmation hearings, appears to contradict what Bob Mueller and the special counsel uh, released on Friday as part of their court documents that was, uh, that was signed by Michael Flynn as part of this plea agreement. Uh, this is all raising new questions, Anderson, on Capitol Hill, about whether or not KT McFarland was truthful with the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Why? Because CNN has learned that KT McFarland was the top transition official, that Flynn was keeping updated on those, wait for it, his calls with the Russian ambassador, leaving top Democrats to raise a whole host of new questions. It seems hard to escape the conclusion that if she said to the Senate, I'm not aware of these conversations, uh, and she was one of those senior transition officials and those emails, uh, if they're accurate, that have been publicly released, Uh, It certainly appears that was a directly false representation to the Senate. And it's not just Democrats. The top Republican on the committee that needs to approve McFarland's nomination for it to move forward, well, he is now calling for a pause right now. Her nomination is frozen for a while until until that gets worked worked out. And, you know, um, she knows she has to know that herself and and, uh, we'll deal with it at the appropriate time. 
That's pretty clear. That one, at least from Corker, not a mixed message. But on to the next. Another time that is not, not the time to send a mixed message when it comes to defending the president against potential allegations of collusion with Russians or obstruction of justice. But that is not stopping Team Trump right now, it appears. Remember, it started over the weekend with this tweet from President Trump's account. I had to fire General Flynn because he lied to the vice president and the FBI. He has pled guilty to those lies, which in the, after that tweet raised a whole bunch of questions about whether the president knew Flynn lied to the FBI before he had asked, says the former FBI director, that that FBI director and the investigation into Michael Flynn, which would mean, could mean possibly obstruction of justice. Trump's personal attorney tried to clean it up afterward, first claiming that he actually wrote the tweet, not Trump, and then claiming no matter what, a president can't be charged with obstruction of justice. At least one top legal scholar agrees. But you can convict the president of bribery. You can convict the president of telling witnesses to lie. What you cannot convict the president of is simply and merely exercising his Article II authority by pardoning somebody or by firing somebody. But you know who doesn't seem to agree? Donald Trump's White House legal team, a team that now has come out to tell The Washington Post this, quote, it's interesting as a technical legal issue, but the president's lawyers intend to present a fact-based defense, not a mere legal defense. And shocker of all shockers, Democrats seem to be, it appears, hoping, praying, and pleading that Donald Trump goes with door number one on this one. I think it's Nixonian to argue that somehow uh, the president has carte blanche to do whatever he wants with regards to law enforcement and ongoing investigations, in particular an investigation into his conduct. The rule of law means the rule of law. It means that we're all held accountable and there's no two systems for two different types of people. Obstruction of justice is a crime. No president is above the law. And a quick preview of, I guess we'll call it a future mixed message. There are a host of Republican lawmakers who once did believe that a president can be charged with obstruction of justice. That is when the president was a Democrat named Bill Clinton. Forty Republicans, according to Politico, as they counted them up, from then, back then, they're still in Congress now. And there's also this guy, the guy named the current attorney general, Jeff Sessions, who was back then during Clinton, a senator from Alabama. He can show he did not commit obstruction of justice and that he can complete his term. But there are serious allegations that that occurred. And in America, in the Supreme Court, and the American people believe no one is above the law. Keep that tape handy, folks. Seriously. And let's move on to the next mixed message of the day. The Republican committee of today versus the Republican committee of last month when it comes to embattled Senate candidate Roy Moore. This was the head of the Republican National Committee just over a week ago. Listen. The allegations were obviously very concerning um, and concerning to the degree that we pulled our resources. Why? Well, the allegations are that Roy Moore sexually assaulted two girls ages 14 and 16 years old decades ago. And also he's facing allegations that he dated other teenagers or pursued other teenagers when he was in his 30s. Roy Moore denies all of it. But now that very same Republican National Committee is all in reversing course and throwing money back into this race for Roy Moore following President Trump's endorsement yesterday. But there's more on the mixed message front here. Not all Republicans are on board with that reversal 
Flip-flop, ah, that was yesterday's theme. Or the mixed message, another major fundraising arm for the party still says they are still sitting this one out. The group's chairman has said that more, if he is elected, should be expelled. Very similar to what we heard from Republicans like Mitch McConnell last month. With regard to the Alabama race, um, Roy Moore should withdraw. Uh, the, the women who come forward are completely credible. His campaign is uh, collapsing. McConnell, as you know, now says let Alabama voters decide. Hello, mixed messages. And do you want more? Seriously, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse at this point. House conservatives staged a protest last night and held up a vote on the tax bill because they're not happy about the deadline proposed to come together on the government spending bill. Confusing? Always. But just follow me. Snags like this have led to the government actually shutting down in years past. But how does the top Republican in the House describe what's happening? It's a simple family feud. Uh, we're having a good conversation with our members about exactly how to do this. We're having a good conversation with our members about timing and date and tactics and all the rest. The point is we're having the kind of family discussion that we need to have about how to pursue, proceed forward with a majority, and I'm confident we'll have that. Now, that is some family discussion when it can have national consequences. I mean, with discussions like this, I would sure hate to see what Christmas dinner is like for the Republican family that, <laughs> that is there right now. But... Just get excited. We may actually soon find out, since the deadline for the government shutdown may literally land right around Christmas. Does that give you warm and fuzzies? Let's get over to the White House right now, where the president's attorneys may need a little family discussion of their own when it comes to their playbook and defending their boss. White House correspondent Sarah Murray is joining me right now for much more on this. So, Sarah, this issue, it seems somewhat avoidable, what's going on right now between Trump's personal attorney and Trump's White House legal team. What is going on behind the scenes? Well, look, we all knew this had the potential to get messy, right? The president has an attorney outside the White House. He has attorneys within the White House. And remember, a whole lot of people who have been sort of caught on the fringes or directly in this investigation have their own attorneys. So surprise, surprise, some of this friction is finally coming to the surface. We saw John Dowd, who is President Trump's attorney outside the White House, essentially say that he doesn't believe the president can obstruct justice because he's the chief lawmaker. Dowd also took credit for penning one of the president's tweets over the weekend, which is a little bit of an unusual situation. And then we saw Ty Cobb, who is counsel inside the White House, come out and say, no, no, any defense of the president is going to be a fact-based defense. He told that to the Washington Post. He also told it to CNN, to my colleague Jim Acosta. Now, one would presume a fact-based defense means reiterating what any number of senior White House officials here have said, which is insisting that there was no collusion between the Trump campaign and between uh, any kind of Russian officials and presumably offering up their case on that matter, although they're certainly not delving into a whole lot of detail in their legal strategy. And as you can see, even the lawyers who are all supposed to be working on behalf of protecting the president, protecting the White House, don't necessarily seem to be on the same page. Oh, well, it's all going to work go out great. <laughs> exactly. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Here's one thing that they've got going for them. It doesn't sound like the Mueller investigation is over anytime soon, so they've got time to work it out. Great to see you, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you. Coming up, welcome to Groundhog Day. Another top Trump official, another meeting with Russians that seems to be easy to forget. The panel is next. Do not adjust your dial. I know, it's an old reference, but just go with me. I'm not saying the same thing again or for the hundredth time, or maybe I am. A top Trump transition official facing questions about statements to Congress about meetings with Russians, conversations with Russians conflicting with 
hard evidence that has been, after the fact, released. The panel tonight, Keith Boykin, CNN political commentator, former Bill Clinton White House aide, Caitlin Huey Burns is a national political reporter at Real Clear Politics. Nan Hayworth is here, former Republican member of Congress and a member of the board of directors for the Independent Women's Forum. And Evan Siegfried is a Republican strategist and the author of GOP, GPS. Great to have you guys here for the same topic we talk about because it never ends. Nan, why are there so many conflicting why are there so many apparent contradictions, conflicting statements mm-hmm. when it comes to Team Trump and Russia? The KT McFarland stuff, she was asked about this in July. Mm-hmm. Flynn was fired back in February. Right. This all happened. I mean, right. just peruse your inbox, man. Yeah. What, why? What? This is why they're the questions swirl. Sure. And well, and the New York Times put out a story that uh, there was email from uh, KT McFarland saying that she had advised Michael right. Flynn on what to say, but then that was essentially retracted down to there are questions about her testimony before the Senate. So I just think there's an awful lot of innuendo flying around on both sides. She clearly has to answer those questions and answer them truthfully. And she's, as you know, she's up to uh, possibly become ambassador to Singapore. Right, so it's not so even, it's not even just a, you said this in the past type of thing, like a Jeff mm-hmm. Sessions type of situation. Mm-hmm. This is a, your, nominee, your nomination to be ambassador to Singapore could be held up, could be in mm-hmm. jeopardy. Because you answered with, I'm not aware of the issues you've listed above. I mean, this could become, and I think is becoming, a real thing. Right, and Bob Corker saying that her nomination will be on delay, or her confirmation will be on delay until they get uh, more answers, certainly. (laughs) Oh, Uh, man, you think someone in Congress (laughs) is grandstanding, huh? No. Keep going. Can't believe it. But it does speak to the larger issue here of why, right? Mm. Why is this continuing to happen with different members of this administration and during the transition, which leads to the broader question of regarding Mike Flynn, regarding kind of everybody else involved, why are they not being truthful or forthcoming in these circumstances? But we don't know that they're not being. It's just no, it's sure. We don't know, it right, and like we don't it. we don't know, and that will be no, what Mike they want Flynn from the... We, we know about Mike Flynn. With KT McFarlane, they do want to figure out what her intentions were, right? Yeah. That's fair. And that's, and that's fair to say. Overall, is this getting closer to or further away from President Trump? It's getting closer to. What uh, Robert Mueller is doing as a legal strategy is like taking down a mob or a drug cartel. You start with small bites from smaller fish and you get them to flip. This is classic. I've seen it in the United States justice system where U.S. attorneys do this. At the same time, we're seeing John Dowd and Ty Cobb put forth a legal strategy. And the question over President Trump's tweet saying he knew about this, this might, with John Dowd falling on the sword, while many lawyers who have worked with him say he's not the brightest bulb and would self-destruct and do something silly, but... He has stumbled onto something legally where they're trying to cast doubt on who's authoring President Trump's tweets. Because if the tweets could be authored by other people and there's more work there and confusion, that takes away intent. Well, but uh, we were told by the White House Mm -hmm. that tweets were official White House policy. So whatever comes out of that Twitter feed. Bob Mueller would be using them as proof of what the president's mindset was at the time. Mm. And if the president isn't even writing them, then it's not his mindset. So that removes a key thing that Robert Mueller could use against the president. What do you you make of this, as I was talking about, the mixed messages between Trump's personal attorney and Trump's White House House legal team? I'm super confused, and it's a technical term, why (laughs) this is getting debated in public. Like, I don't understand 
I, I think the Trump administration, the Trump campaign, everything around the Trump orbit is characterized by chaos. Uh, when you but have the chaos, isn't, isn't it, aren't we always told that the chaos leads to the distraction away from Russia? This chaos leads directly to the question of obstruction of justice. Well, I didn't say it was good chaos. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, I, 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 I love chaos. Yeah. chaos. I, I just, you know, it, it, we, we were talking back in the green room about the, about the campaign. Jeff Sessions is making a comment that his defense about why he didn't know about Russia was that the campaign was so chaotic I couldn't keep up with everything. Well, did I mean, say that a lot. Th- this is not a good way to run a business or a company, and this is the way Trump has chosen to run the country. Unfortunately, we've got all these conflicting information out there. Paul Manafort connected to Ukraine. We've got uh, Michael Flynn connected to Turkey. We've got, we, we've got Jared Kushner connected to Israel. Trump working for Russia. Who is working for the United States? This is supposed to be the, the country, the, the people who believe in America first, but and yet they're saving everybody else except on, America. On a, in a purely politi- on a political question, when it comes to the obstruction of justice question, Politico did put together this list of how many members of Congress are still there, Republicans, who were for obstruction, believed obstruction of justice could be a president's problem back during oh, Clinton, oh. right? So you have 40 yeah. Republicans who are still in Congress who were pro-impeachment and pro-you obstructed justice Clinton back then, 17 sitting senators included. How do they deal with this if this comes before them now? Well, I, I just want to clarify. Number one, you have to have a, a clear issue that there was something to obstruct, if you will. The, the contacts that right, we're I'm talking about in terms of Michael there, Flynn, though, had saying. to do with uh, something that the Obama administration itself was. It's like firing you guys can get in FBI touch after director, the election. Firing the, the FBI director is clear enough evidence? The, the, the president's yeah. within his constitutional and, and, and rights and he goes to and fire he the tells FBI the Russian ambassador in the Oval Office he had to We need to hear that from Robert Mueller. What was the president's intent? But can I get to something that Nan sure, began sure. to interject, which is, oh, there's a lot more about the Clintons. The whataboutism. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant to this. You want to know what it, Remember when O.J. Simpson's defense team came out and said, what about all the other murders that took place? Why didn't that never happen? Because it has nothing no, to do with this particular case. I'm talking uh, about, Evan, I'm talking about Manafort. Manafort's problems have to do with his career with the Podesta group. Okay. No, yeah, but that doesn't have anything. Manafort's problem. That's the president is going out and saying, but what about Hillary Clinton and what she did? That doesn't matter. The president can afford a special I was making a single point about Paul Manafort. He was employed by the Podesta group. And he was chairman of the Trump campaign and sending emails to our Russian friend to say that he's Don't couple of months be on it. That, that's who you choose to be your campaign chairman. If I had someone on my staff who okay. did something really, really gnarly and bad, they were still on my staff at some point. Understood. But the, the problems Manafort's running into have to do with his work with the Podesta Group. Well, those which aren't is, going away. Which, that's which for sure. Antecedent to his work with. Antecedent huh. this and that. Stand by. Coming up, embattled Senator Roy Moore, Senate candidate Roy Moore, gets a big boost. Pardon me, friends. Gets a big boost not only from President Trump. But now from the Republican Party, the very same party that actually unendorsed, reversed, and ran as fast as they could away from him just last month. What's changed? That's coming up. I think he's going to do very well. We don't want to have a liberal Democrat in Alabama, believe me. We want strong borders. We want uh, stopping crime. We want to have the things that uh, we represent, and we certainly don't want to have a liberal Democrat 
that's controlled by Nancy Pelosi and controlled by Chuck Schumer. We don't want to have that for Alabama. President Trump right there today making it clear that having a Republican, any Republican in the Senate is all that matters, even one facing allegations of sexual abuse against two teenage girls from decades ago. And it seems that the Republican National Committee now agrees. The panel back with me. Evan, what happened? It's one thing for Donald Trump, who kind of like walked delicately around, danced around the line and then jumped in. It's one thing for his endorsement. The Republican National Committee pulled their money. And then just threw their money back in. What changed? I don't know. And I think we're owed an explanation by the RNC. What did change? People like Roy Moore, when they go and knock on doors, it's to tell people that they're not allowed within 500 yards of a school, not to ask for their vote. Roy Moore is an alleged child predator who is engaged in uh, sexual predation on a 14-year-old girl and other underage women. And that's wrong. That's, uh, and we're standing by him as a party. We used to be the party of moral values, but we're not doing that. It's very distressing. What matters to both the Democratic National Committee, the Republican National Committee, among other things, but largely donors. Mm-hmm. What does, how are donors to react to this, Dan? I mean, donors, they, I don't think the Republican Party would have pulled money out unless they heard from donors. We like that idea. Now they're throwing money back into this race. I can't, do, what do you think? I mean... Uh, look, Roy Moore is this. not, certainly not, I, I don't think he probably is any major, any, anybody's favorite candidate other than his maybe most ardent supporters, right. his family, and he himself, uh, for lots of different reasons. Accusations are accusations, and accusations have to be taken seriously, yes. Uh, but accusations are not necessarily uh, truth. Do you think and, this is a good move by the RNC? Uh... I think it's an understandable move by the RNC. No, I, well, I do, because, look, he has been adamantine in his denials, unlike other public figures who have said, look, Al Franken, you know, there was that photograph, although he has disputed certain specifics of these claims against right. him. Uh, I don't think that a Republican or a Democrat should be not allowed to defend him or herself, and he's a potent, he's a big political target. So, so what I think the RNC... What are we telling women yeah. as a well, party? We tell, what we tell women is that, yes, we want to respect and value women. Why, why would and that so change? And so we stand by then, Roy Moore? No, but we all... I don't... We don't stand by anyone who actually is validly... Beyond the moral proven, components of that. this, which I think are really significant, I'm trying to figure out what the actual strategy is here with the right. RNC getting involved. Okay, so they're going to mm-hmm. hand him some money, which he doesn't need. I mean, yes, he's being outspent 10 to 1 by Doug Jones. But it's but still the money neck and neck. Has n- exactly. The money has never really mattered in this race. Mm-hmm. The president, by stepping back in and explicitly endorsing Roy Moore, I think a lot gives of his critics, it certainly gives a right. boost. I'm, and people mm-hmm. I've talked to in the state say that this is going to be really helpful in pushing him over the finish line. Mm-hmm. And for the RNC, it also gives license to the RNC and other Republicans to kind of, uh, you know, provide some cover here. We've already seen Republicans going from he should leave the race to coming to the rec- uh, realization that he's going to be on the ballot next year if, and next week and could very well win. If he wins, there could be expulsion proceedings. There will could likely be an ethics investigation. Do you think if he wins, this changes the calculation for Democrats in 2018 or 2020? Do you think this changes? No. I, I wonder that because I think that both parties, when it comes to this issue of sexual assault and sexual harassment, where we are, both parties have done a really poor job in how they're responding to this when it comes to politicians. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, I understand where you're getting at. I mean, but, you know, John Conyers resigned today. He's the first pol- political casualty of this whole That's sort dope. of discussion. Uh, but, 
you know, this is the Republican Party is the party that campaigned on protecting children, on family values, on law and order and the Constitution. Yeah, right Roy Moore so. embodies the, the antithesis of all those things, as does Donald Trump. So, I mean, you know, Mitt Romney was out there yesterday or today saying that the Republican Party is losing its integrity if, if it endorses Roy Moore. Well, they lost their integrity when they endorsed Donald Trump. And that ship has sailed. The Republican Party has become morally bankrupt. Sorry to say it, man. They that's have no credibility on any of these issues. And as long as you defend true. Donald Trump and Roy Moore, you Ask can't talk to me about any of those issues. Gone anymore. Back to it. And look, the worst. Uh, these these are very serious allegations. They deserve their their adjudication. I'm not saying that at all. But if you're looking at what actually uh, seriously we ought to be doing for the American people, the biggest depredations against the American people are to deprive them of livelihoods, to make their insurance too expensive, to make their cost of living too expensive. So in the end, it does, the what happens... The policies that the what, Republicans what, are pursuing As long as they go through tax cuts, they're willing to have a child molester. That's what you're saying. I and am that's, saying, that's reprehensible, I am saying that the million, the million people who have gone back to work since man, Donald Trump has become president would disagree with you. We'll continue this in the break. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. This is day 320 of President Trump's administration. That's the State of America tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.